0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of not another sales podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, AKA not another sales guy. I'm a sales and mindfulness coach who works with managers, C-level executives and business owners who want to become more mindful and self-aware of how they operate, whether that be through selling, managing, or running their own business. I believe for us to truly connect with those around us, whether they be our customers, colleagues even friends or family, we need to truly understand ourselves first of all. Understand what makes us tick, what makes us feel fulfilled in our life, and what do we really want. And this is one of the reasons why I started Not Another Sales Podcast. Because too much is placed on the practicality and skill of doing something. Whilst that's important, I believe we should start with our mindset and behaviours. Start at the root, understand that, and grow it from there. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, the Trusted Coach and the Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach. That's mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, sales. And now, on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by Alison Fisher, a transformational leader that empowers humans in life and in business, and someone who has over 15 years of experience in senior leadership roles. And today, we're going to be talking all about why it's important to be EPIC in everything you do. EPIC standing for empathize presence, intention, and connection. Alison's going to start by sharing the context of this acronym and the story behind it, why each of these four elements are important, how it can help people in the world of business and your everyday life, and how you can start implementing this and becoming more mindful of being epic in everything that you do. Alison's also gonna be sharing her story of what she's learned most about herself along the way and where her passion stems from. So sit back, Grab a pen and pad and enjoy. Alison, welcome. How are
1: you? I'm good. How are you?
0: Yeah, really well. Thanks. Good. Really well. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Very glad to be here. Good, good. So to kick things off, Alison, it'd be great to give listeners a bit of an overview and insight into what makes you you. Sure. So um
1: by day, I still work in corporate. Um I am a um, I oversee business operations, client services, account management. So I basically manage the teams that manage the clients that um, run the operations. Um, but I'd have to say, by nature, my drive is being a a leader that's people focused, concerned with um, building true connections with my staff, with my clients. Um, making sure to create sort of a safe environment for everybody to be creative. Um, and I'm also extremely involved in education. Um, so with two nonprofits, one is an education foundation, and the other one is trying to bring social emotional learning into the schools through curriculum with teachers and with students to build gratitude and mindfulness and thoughtfulness. Um mm. So I've got my hands in quite a few things. I mean, my passion is, you know, far more reaching than what I do sort of during my, my quote unquote, nine to five. And my goal is that, you know, this year I'll be transitioning um, to have my career really align more with my why, as they say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when when we first, I think we connected on LinkedIn a couple of months back and it was over a, a video or uh, i think i'd seen of yours and and since then i came across this this mini series you've been doing recently and you mentioned there around your passion being all around human connection mm-hmm. and when i when i saw these videos and what you were talking about and you've just talked about it there i thought this would be a great one of the reasons why i wanted us to connect first of all because i'm a big believer in this as well particularly i've been going to this a bit later on around what technology and social media is, is potentially doing or damaging to this element of human connection but the the part that really struck me when I first started watching you was this mini series that you've done recently finished recently called EPIC and we talked about this um when we spoke beforehand and I I felt it'd be a really intriguing topic to to understand a bit more of so to start off with what's the context of this acronym EPIC and what's the story behind it
1: yeah I would love to so I would say maybe a month or so ago, um, I, I posted a video with a call to action asking if people were EPIC. Um, and that's not just contained to leaders at work or friends, but really for parents, people in the community. Um, and what EPIC is, is an acronym that stands for empathy, presence, intention, and connection. I mean, I would say you could probably choose. 20, 30 different types of words. Um, but I felt that those four words were a great umbrella for everything that was required to be a really great, thoughtful, mindful human. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, to what you were mentioning before, I, I, I just believe that being valued is our human right, that it's not an elective in this world. And I think that there are certain skills that um, people can apply in their everyday life, whether it's at home with their kids or whether it's with their friends or families, or whether it's, you're a leader, whether you're a leader at your place of work. Um, and that would be empathy, presence, intention and connection. So that's where the word Epic was, um, uh, was created. And I got so much great feedback from that very first video, which was just more like a little snippet talking about each one of them, um, individually um people were telling me that they were putting the word epic on post-its on their desks to remind them to be epic humans and it was just it was really sort of inspiring for me that it um that it stuck with people.
0: Yeah. And and you mentioned there there could have been 20 or 30 yeah, other words that sure. used. What what is it about each of these and and feel free to go through them that you feel are important in your opinion why they made this as as opposed to the other words that could have been there
1: so um, empathy is an interesting one right i mean i think people throw around empathy like it's almost this catchphrase um but it's i believe it's sort of the core is to way to the way that people communicate with each other um creating this judgment free zone um actively listening to each other being completely present and respecting other's differences, um, you know, realizing that each person has their own narrative and has their own personal story that might be completely different than yours and Mm -hmm. that those stories change. So, um, you know, being respectful of one another, being respectful of the change that people evolve and change over time, things come in and out of people's lives personally and professionally, and that we need to be caring and compassionate and flexible, um, And I think empathy is a really important characteristic, whether you're communicating with your children or whether you're a leader at work, to just be, to let other people be who they are in that moment. Um, You know, I think that when people hear empathy, they presume that you're uh, removing accountability um, or you're removing... the sense of, I guess, maybe honor in the workplace or that you're giving people sort of this free pass to be whoever they want to be and not take uh, responsibility for their work. And I would say that it's really the exact opposite. When you're able to connect with people um, as with who they truly are, um, then it opens up a world of possibilities. Um, presence is the second one. So presence um, is something that I try, I try to be present every day. I mean, I think it's an interesting balance when you're trying to be present and also thinking about your future. So maybe it's a bit of a contradiction, but um, being present to me is showing up, you know, really showing up for somebody, being being invested in that person um, and what that person really needs, not your needs, but their needs. Um, Being involved in the moment, valuing what other people are saying, again, truly listening to them. Um, And then being aware of the big picture. So, you know, how do the decisions that you're making impact you um, and also impact the other and the greater good, the greater company mission, uh, your family unit? Um, I mean, being present is not being sort of single focused, it's being it's always seeing how things relate and there that there might be this ripple effect. Um, mm-hmm. Intention is the third. So intention, you know a lot of people practice intention in their life um, in the mornings, they get up and they think about how it is that they're gonna live their day. Intention is that, and it's you know more than that on a bigger picture. It's being mindful and self-aware. I think being self-aware to me is really the key to the kingdom. If you're self-aware of your own behavior and your own values, and really being true to yourself, um, then you're able to value others and be kind and compassionate to others. Um, So intention is also not being too quick to jump to action or conclusion about things. Surrounding yourself by people that really add value and that share similar values to you. Um, Finding purpose. In your decisions, finding purpose in your company, finding purpose in your family, you know, what is your greater mission? And then connection is the last. And connection for me is the epicenter. It's like connection is what makes the world tick. It's the thread that connects us all. I mean, aren't we all just looking for connection with others? I think that it's, um, it makes us feel valued and it's not validation. Mm-hmm. Connection, I think, again, similar to some of the other ones, um, like I was talking about with accountability, I think that people often misconstrue connection with looking externally for validation. And that's not, I believe, what true connection is. I think it's honoring others' uniquenesses, showing up as who you truly are, um, and creating deep relationships with others, Um, again, in any walks of life, whether it's at home or whether it's at work, whether it's your family.
0: Yeah. Yeah it's interesting because all of those words you've mentioned there and as you have mentioned a couple of times particularly empathy and connection is misunderstood that when we first spoke I mentioned that I think people confuse empathy and sympathy a lot yes. of the time yes and they'll then perceive they see because their vision of empathy is sympathy mm-hmm. they'll perceive it as a weakness and that oh you shouldn't be like that like you say you're giving people a pass but it's it's not that it's just because of this world we live in now that so many words are misunderstood and it might just be one word but it's again you know things like confidence and and other aspects is actually a lot of this has been Chinese whispers of people perceiving they understand what something means yes. when they've, they've completely got it in the wrong place and they've gone and told 10 or 20 other people and other people have read this and just assumed it's gospel mm-hmm. and therefore we have people going around in the world almost thinking some of these things are a negative or you shouldn't be like that you shouldn't be empathetic it's it's a sign of weakness yes. whereas I you know I talk about this a lot in that There is never a situation where being empathetic towards someone is going to cause you to lose out. Never. Like someone will either, it'll either be a neutral thing, but the majority of the time, people will appreciate it and recognize it, even from a conscious or a subconscious point of view, that you're making that attempt to meet them where they're at and to not try and draw a silver lining around things, but just to be there and connect with them and listen at that that time.
1: Yeah, exactly. There are so many things I think that are misconstrued as weakness. I say pretty often, maybe at nausea, that vulnerability is not a weakness. I think that leaders mm-hmm. and parents need to show a level of vulnerability. You know, there's, there is no sense of perfection. Perfection is this, this false pretense that people make up in their minds. Um, no one is perfect. People have good days and bad days. And and that, that, um, that doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter who you are, what level you are, what your title is, you um, and I think showing up as your true self as well um, helps to create that connection. People can mm-hmm. empathize with you then um, so that if, maybe if you're a little off one day or, you know, something is happening in your personal life, that you're able to share that as well with others. Um, you know, there's no, nobody has a perfect life um, I mean, there may be great days, but things come and go. Everybody's life goes in ebbs and flows. Um, and I don't feel that vulnerability is a weakness at all. I mean, I'm constantly posting. I, I do a lot of videos on LinkedIn and I try to show all sides of me. And I think that that's only fair because you can't show up as a good leader and put on this face of perfection all the time. Um, it just it makes you an intangible it's not it's not fair to those that are around you
0: no and I think these days we're seeing a, a, a turn in terms of people wanting to see more vulnerability and authenticity through social and that's what people are buying into yeah. it's no longer this you know pretty little life that you put a smile on in front of the camera in front of this green screen yeah <laughs> it's a bit more raw and ready and, and people do appreciate that and you know you talked there about the ebbs and flow of life have you seen the talk that Simon Sinek talks about being the infinite gamer
1: I have probably seen most of Simon Sinek's talks yes he's he's phenomenal on every level yeah
0: Yeah. so he talks about the the infinite gamer versus the finite gamer and the finite gamer will perceive that there are rules and that you win or lose Mm -hmm. but the infinite gamer will perceive that they're playing for a purpose for for a greater reason for an intention, yes. as you mentioned there, as part of Epic. Yes. He uses Microsoft and Apple as an example in that Microsoft are a finite player because all they'll want to do is they talk about in their ads, in their presentations, in their meetings, is beating Apple. But Apple are an infinite gamer because they just want to play to make the world a better place through the power of their technology and their, and their purpose and their yes. why. Yes. And inf- infinite gamers don't play to win or lose. They realize there's ups and downs, and they go with those ebbs and those flows and it's the same with this as well it's like if you're perceiving yourself as an infinite gamer it's realizing that some days aren't going to be great but it's only days and there's going to be some days that are great but don't we almost have this like esoterical thought that once we become happy or these positive things that's where we should stay and as soon as we lose it we have this spiral of like oh my god where did it go yeah. to the point where we just drag ourselves about seven or eight levels down even though it's probably only one level away <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's funny. One of my recent videos um, was about a week that I had where I really had the highest of highs. I had, um, you know, my week started out with a phenomenal workshop that I, I joined with, um, with Claude Silver and Arnaud Coleri. And um, the week kept moving and flowing in this positive sense. Work was great. My interactions were great. My connections with people were great. I had another workshop. and then you know, something changed. I think that maybe disappointment set in for some reason. Um, And it's sometimes it's self-limiting beliefs. Sometimes it's just that something doesn't go quite the way that you expected. And I sort of felt like the world was crashing down on me for a little bit, but I took a walk that morning that I woke up and I just felt a little off. Um, You know, I cried on my walk. I listened to my Spotify playlist Probably cried for about ten minutes. I don't know why. I was just like almost a flood of emotions. I think it was because I was feeling so wonderful for those days, and then mm-hmm. again, it's like a trigger. Um, But you just have to. I think that's what comes back to the self awareness. You know, I'm extremely aware of my emotions. I sort of know why why things are happening, Um, and then you need to really snap out of it. You know, sitting in that that negative space for too long just doesn't help anybody. Um, yeah. And then life. Moves on. It, it doesn't excuse people from being um, human. Um, I am definitely human. Um, I have good days and bad days, like everybody. But I'd like to say that you try to keep the bad days in perspective, um, and that goes along with being present as well. You know, it's trying to live and keep your eye on your your greater purpose, and that you're really meant for bigger things. And sometimes things are the long game you know, this transition, whatever it might look like for me is, you know, you need patience, you need patience, um, for great things to happen sometimes. And that's okay too, you know, being honest with your emotions and and figuring out what's going on and then, you know, moving on from that is important. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And you've mentioned already a, a couple of ways in which this can benefit people, but from a Business perspective as well. What are what's what are some of the other ways in which focusing on this epic acronym can help people with building businesses through building their teams through creating that culture?
1: Wow, unlimited! I would say sky is the limit. So, you know, too often I believe that companies um, who maybe don't follow this practice of uh, people first um, are they're always looking for how is it going to save money or how is it going to make me money? Or, um, you know, what are, what are the immediate, what's the immediate financial gain for me? And I would say that it's just easier than that. You know, being present at work or being transparent with your employees, um, connecting with them, really learning about them, what they love, um, who they are, who they want to be even if that's not in line with your company mission, don't be scared of that. Um, It's Mm -hmm. only going to benefit you as a company if you have employees that feel that they are valued, that you truly care about them as humans, that you care about their growth and their success, and that you're open with your communication. I think oftentimes leaders... you know, heads of companies believe that transparency is also opening up your entire balance sheet to your employee base. And I think that's, you know, that's a misnomer as well. It's not about showing every financial detail. Transparency is explaining to your employees what your company is about, where you want to go, what your short and long-term goals are, um, creating that constant line of communication, providing feedback. Um, providing open and honest feedback to your employees so that they can grow and develop, and that they know where they stand. You know, not waiting for that one-year performance evaluation, which is—I think I did a video on that too. It's like the dreaded performance evaluation. You, know, you send them the email, and they're just waiting for that moment where you sit down and you meet with them. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. People should be talking to people all the time. It should just be organic. Um, and if you're able to create that relationship, and invest in people's personal and professional development. Um, you have happier employees, which means you have happy customers, which means you, you are more profitable. People are more innovative. They're more creative. They're more open. They're more, they feel yeah. like you've created a safe space for them to share ideas, to voice a difference of opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Not everybody feels the same way. Everybody should have a seat at the table. It shouldn't be driven by titles. People should be able to come with their true selves. And even if that means that they don't agree with you, that's great. Maybe they have a different opinion to share and that it can open up the doors to new possibilities, to new growth. Um, So Hmm. I don't think that leaders or companies have anything to lose. They have nothing to lose financially by taking this business approach. Um, And they have only everything to gain. Uh, and I think that things are changing. I know that there's a massive movement on LinkedIn. There's a massive movement with a lot of great people that I've been lucky enough to connect with who are moving into companies to really give these leaders a, a sharp look at the things that are wrong. Um, and I hope that maybe I'll be in a position to do that as well at some point. Um to really shed a light and take a take a deep dive into the things that are going on at a company and be in a position to to help them change and understand why the change is so important, how that can help um, them and the greater good it's um, it's really a no-brainer. I know that people think it's so much harder than it is, but it's it's a matter of acknowledging where things are wrong and then making a conscious decision that you want to change that you want your culture to change that you want your your whole company vision to change for
0: the better yeah and you mentioned there that people's first perception might feel like it's harder and it's not harder it's just different yes that's the thing that i think people find this element of change is that we perceive it as hard but it's actually no it's not it's actually almost easy if you go back to fundamentally just being a good human being yes and realizing like what what actually comes naturally to you that maybe not naturally but something that is coming from a, a a good place yeah. and you know when I looked at Epic and, and talking about it with you now it's it's almost like if you were a leader or a manager or particularly listening to this it's almost like going through this as a bit of a self-evaluation and going right am I empathetic towards my team what does my presence make them feel and um, I had uh, Michael David Chapman on uh, a recent episode <laughs> and he talked about proximity yes in that your level of proximity towards your team is I'm here because I want to support you versus I'm here because I don't trust you. So mm-hmm. thinking about what your presence is in that relation and then intention, what's my intention every time I give feedback to my team or have a meeting with my team or set targets for my team? Like, am I coming from a good place of intention behind it? And then the connection part is, do I have it? Do I have a strong level of connection with them? And if not, how can I create a stronger one? Yes. So it's, it's a bit of a day,
1: roadmap. Yourself, yeah, it's... it's, a, yeah. it's it's not a complex roadmap. I understand that maybe getting everybody on board um, can be a little challenging. You know, I, I'm not naive to that. I do understand that. And I understand that it needs, the employees need to be on board, middle management needs to be on board. But for me, the leadership really needs to be on board. It has to be a top-down company-wide initiative. Um, you know, I face some challenges where I feel like I'm... Um, you know, trying to implement these and trying to walk this and stay within my values. But if you don't have the leadership um, consistently following that same message so that mm-hmm. you don't have this hypocrisy um, or, again, just an inconsistent approach, uh, I think it's very impo- um, very difficult to to implement, implement it company-wide. Um, and yeah. then things sort of mm-hmm. fall apart at the seams a bit.
0: Mm. Absolutely. And I think as well, with this kind of thing, if, if people are going, to, and whatever people do from, it, from a leadership management point of view, is just start, even if you're one person in yes. a group and a team, just start, because you can see that ripple effect. And if it has the positive effects that it will, then mm-hmm. other people will take it on. It's It's not about going, right, we are now going to do this as a company, this is what we stand for. Right action speak louder than words and it's yes the people below need to be on board but then the only way you're going to get them on board is by actually putting it into action Mm -hmm. and almost letting it speak for itself rather than putting on this big it might not be epic it could be something else but don't just announce your values or announce your approach just start living them and then people will realize oh this is what we are doing now rather than this is what we say we're going to do
1: yeah it's I think a lot of companies I mean myself included they have what are their company's values, um, and I think that this might have even been discussed in the workshop that um, that I was at a couple of weeks back. You know, so our values, are mission, our 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 values, are trust, communication. I mean, it's comical. Of, tr- of course, trust should be your values. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, these things. It's like being a parent and saying that I'm going to take care of my children. Okay, I, I mean, there have to be some base. Um, base values that everybody has that are common, you know, unstated common values. So to say that your company is going to live off of, you know, trust or transparency, I just think, I think it's just a little silly sometimes because yes, of course, you should be doing those like no brainer. (laughs) It shouldn't even be, those should just be like a given behind the scenes for every, for every organization. Um, It's, it's digging deeper than that and saying, are we willing to really commit? And if you are, what does that look like for you at the high levels? And then what does that look like at every level? Um, there should not be that division of power when it comes to these sorts of things. You know, every voice matters. I, I talk about this a lot as well. I believe that every voice is important, um, every voice in life is important, and collectively, We can all help to make that change, to make things better. Um, Sometimes you just have some bad apples. If that's the case, maybe those bad apples just are not right for your organization. Um, But you're right, you do need to start somewhere. Um, And I think starting by acknowledging that you have a problem is a great place. Um, If you Mm -hmm. have company morale issues, if you have high churn, if you have people that are just generally not satisfied, if you have issues with creativity or innovation or profitability, I think that you need to look at all of these things and say, wow, maybe we as a company are doing something that isn't taking care of our employees. If we looked at employees first, then everything else falls into place. So what does that, you know, what does that look like? And how can we work as a group to, um, to really implement it and then to stay consistent with it? You know, people come yeah. at companies, so it's making sure that you have this really built into your DNA going forward and saying we are going to change and and this is what it looks like. And, and we won't accept anything less than people first, value first, connection first sort of environment.
0: Hmm. And being more mindful of this in your own life, how is the, what have you learned most about yourself, do you think?
1: Um, Wow. So, so I, um, for those of your listeners who, when they hear this, um, they might have seen my why gratitude, um, posts recently where I was able to share pretty openly about a, um, a very toxic, abusive relationship that I was in and how, um, because I valued myself And what I knew to be true, I think I just sort of lost myself along the way, thinking that I was being empathetic to a significant other who was not being kind to me. Um, So there's so many things that have happened over the course of my life. I mean, if I go back to when I was young, I can remember one of my very first memories is being um, sort of ostracized and isolated as a five-year-old in kindergarten. Never quit feeling like I fit in growing up, being bullied in high school, not having parents that were really present or communicative or observant with me, um, moving into a, a job after college where I had wonderful owners and great leaders who showed compassion and connection and all the things that we just discussed in the workplace. And then being in a company that maybe didn't have those sorts of same values. Um, so I think as you As you look back at your life and as you assess all of the things that have happened, again, everybody has a very unique journey. Um, But I think there are traits and values that are thread into your DNA, probably from a very young age because of the culmination of your experiences. And it's probably not until you get a little older that maybe those start to come into focus for you. And those have come into very clear focus t- for me over the past year, although I've always known what my values are. My core values have not changed, but the, the focus for me on wanting to ensure that I can build a better workplace for people, that I challenge the status quo, that I um, speak up when I feel that something is not right, that I focus on. Mindfulness and thoughtfulness for our littlest of humans, as I mentioned earlier, and then make sure that they also feel that innately when they're little so that they can carry that through as they become adults would create a better world, let alone a better workplace um, if people were more self-aware. So, I mean, there's, there's so many things that have happened over the course of my life um, that have made me really take a deep dive into who am I? Who am I? What do I believe? In? Uh, what drives me? What are my what are my values? What am I going to stand up for? What what won't I compromise on? Um, and that's really helped shape me. I mean, really significantly as a parent, how I parent my girls. Um, I have two girls. They're 11 and 15 and they face their own challenges. So it's trying to instill values in them. What do they believe in? Are they being present? Are they being intentional with their decisions? Um, are they being compassionate to others? So it's, I can't separate, you know, the community from the parenting, from the the leadership. For me, it's, it's um, it's a holistic approach. They're all sort of tied in together. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it, it takes a bit of, I mean, sometimes it's, it takes some conscious effort. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not always easy to be empathetic. I'm not claiming that any of these things are easy, but I just think if you, if you want them to be part of your life, then you make it. So, you know, that's, that's really what I believe it's, it's an intentional decision.
0: I'm hmm. sorry. it's interesting. You you mentioned there, obviously what, what you've learned about yourself, and where it's come from. I had a guest of mine, Evan Carmichael, who said quite often your purpose comes from your pain. Yeah. And I certainly resonate with that. And I think, you know, I've had a number of guests on that do that. And it is that, um, you know, you're, your purpose lies deeper than your passion. Your passion is what, what others buy into, but your purpose is what you buy into really. Yeah.
1: You have to believe and it yourself. You really do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's really important. I'm actually speaking with um, a group of high school students next week uh, to talk with them again about passion, purpose, and impact and to explain um, to them that they all have a story. You know, I don't think that kids believe that they have a story. Their story is still being built, just like my story. My story will be um, evolving until the day I die. Um, it never yeah. stopped. But I think that kids don't understand that they too have value. They have something to say. Um, you know, when when they're going into college, they they often say, "Oh, I want to go be an architect, or I want to be, I want to go into marketing, or I want to go into journalism." And you know, okay, that's great, but why? You know, what yeah. is what is the driving force behind that? What do you value in life? Um, it's those are really hard questions to ask young people. I don't. Th- I don't think people talk to them about that enough. I try to talk to my girls about it. Um, I think sometimes they look at me like I'm a little wacky, but <laughs> I think. Um, I think it should be built into the schools more. You know, that's why I'm so um, passionate, really passionate about trying to bring mindfulness and gratitude into the schools because I think if you live a life of gratitude there's always going to be things that happen in your life that are not good. It's, it's inevitable, but if you focus on those, then that's where people get themselves into trouble. So Mm -hmm. if you, if you wake up every day and just try to be mindful and start your day with the things that you're grateful for, um, you know, what your intentions are, like we talked a little bit about before, you know, I don't write my intentions down. I sort of run through them in my head. I I run through all the, the things I'm grateful for. And focus on those that a lot of other things start to come into play with you. Um, And I'm so excited to talk to these kids because it's not the first time that I've spoken with them. And I try to talk to um, and mentor a lot of kids individually, but it's going to be really interesting to see if they open up in a group setting, because I think that they might not want to share. Um, But I'm hoping that they walk away just feeling like, Wow, you know, there might be something out there that's more. You know, just to have that little, little thought in your head, having you think about something. Um, You know, who are you? What am I made of? Why do I want to do these things? Um, These seem like simple questions, but they're really hard. They're really hard for adults too. You know, really hard for adults. Who am I? Is like one of the craziest questions. I did the Who Am I challenge that was posted by Jill Sullivan, and I had to think about that for a quick minute. You know, I was like, "Oh, who am I?" You know, I've been asked, "What are your superpowers? Um, what are you passionate about?" But who are you? I was like, "Oh, well, that's interesting." <laughs> you know, so I taped yeah. a "Who Are You" video. But I think everybody should think about that. Who are you? And who are you is not. I am a sales professional. I am a digital media marketer. That's not who you are. You know, no. who are you? Is your are your values? What do you believe in? Who are you deep down? You know, so that you can live a life with empathy and intention and connection and mm. you know, that presence it's um,
0: absolutely
1: we're all living and breathing and and moving um through life um but just be aware it's hard questions to ask sometimes, right. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And to to link to that point, I had a a guest, uh, John Sarney, on, and he said, Everyone has a to do list, but no one has a to be list. Yes. And we've got all these short term things, the things we need to do, but no one's actually got down what they want to be. So Mm -hmm. be mindful of that because, or, and it links to the who you are right now and who you want to be because then you know the gap and then you've got things that you can focus on and be intentional and be epic, as you mentioned. Yeah. Who Um, you want to be is the most important question. I I know that, that. I get making
1: money, you know, people have different values when it comes to success or accomplishment. Um, I, I'm not naive. People need money, right? You need money to survive. But wouldn't you love to have your, your why align with your career? I mean, I, I think that that's just you get the mother load when, when that happens to you. You can't reach that unless you really understand who you are, what your values are, what you believe in, um, and then sit in that for a little bit. You know, sit in it. Yeah. Um, love who you are, love it. And if there's something about yourself that you don't like, change it. It's you know, it's it's fully within your control to not live in the past. Um. But one thing I was saying about when I posted about the um the relationship that I was in was that I'm not broken by that. You know, I'm not damaged or broken um, by those experiences. I made a very um very quick moment, like in the moment decision when I was hit um, by my ex that that was it. I didn't even have to think for a moment and Mm. we have choice in our life. We have choice to say, I'm better. I am a value. Um, You know, what do I want to be and where do I want to go? And um, that's why I said, you know, I think self-awareness is sort of the key to the kingdom. Um, But it means asking yourself some tough questions sometimes, and maybe you don't like the answers, but, yeah. You have the free will to do something, to change, um, and then you can give back. You know, then you can treat others well. If you treat your, yourself well, you understand your values, and you can pass that forward and, and treat mm. So it's So it's all tied together, I believe.
0: Absolutely. Well, Alison, it's been a, a real pleasure speaking today. Thank you so much for your sharing your story and, and your time and, and your experience as well.
1: No, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful.
0: And you're uh, very welcome.
1: I'm, I'm excited um, for the, what the future holds. That's that's yeah. just how i end. I'm just really excited. And um, I mean, my message to everybody is that I think when you know better, you do better. So mm-hmm. um, value yourself and value
0: others. So yeah absolutely. And, yeah. and for the the videos that you've mentioned today, if people don't know where to find you already, how can they connect with you online?
1: Oh, the, LinkedIn is probably the best place to connect with me. Um, I believe I am Allie D as in Dana, which is my middle initial Fisher. Um, but if you look up Allison Fisher, I am in um, I'm in New Jersey and I'm sure my picture might be on something that you post. So you can't miss me. Um, Perfect. I, I would love if people checked out the videos. I think it's it's a great way to communicate. I, I think you and I feel the same way about LinkedIn. I think sharing your values through video on LinkedIn is um it's a great place
0: to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I've been very grateful to connect and to have this
1: conversation today as well. Me as well. Me as well. And I can't wait to speak with you again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, thank you again for your time and for the listeners. Thanks for tuning into another episode of not another sales podcast. Hey people. Thanks for listening to another episode of not another sales podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts you can find me on instagram not another sales guy underscore in each of those words you can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast and also if you want to connect to me on linkedin i go by the name of chris hatfield so thanks again and stay tuned for another episode